Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom. So let me ask you a question this morning. I want you to think back to your childhood and tell me what you said whenever an adult asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? A dance teacher? A zoologist? A Broadway star? Astronaut. Astronaut. Bass player. All right. (laughs) Nobody wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be a veterinary. You wanted to be a priest? That is very funny. Yes. <laughs> Besides uh, Bruce and Keith back here, who, because, you know, he is a rock star, you are a bassist. Who's actually that today? <laughs> well, you know, it may be unfair to ask little kids what they want to be when they grow up because, I mean, they don't have the wide-ranging knowledge of, that they would need to evaluate all of the vocations they might want to pursue. But that being said, I actually am. I am what I always wanted to be. Even before I could read, I knew I wanted to be a writer. And at first I thought I wanted to write novels, and I even wrote one as a kid. It was awful. (laughs) It really was bad. Then, quite by accident, I fell into a radio career and discovered the vocation of news reporter and writer. And I've devoted most of my life to the art of writing news, and now I edit newsletters on a full-time basis, even though my high school guidance counselor said, you know, you might want to get a degree in something practical, like accounting, whenever I told her I wanted to be a writer. I have been fortunate enough over all these years to have words pay my rent and my mortgage and my grocery bills and everything else. However, none of this has ever turned out how I planned. I figured by now I'd have a collection of books over there on the, sh- on the shelves and all the bookstores and all the accompanying fame and fortune that might bring. Eh, no such luck. But I will say, I am very happy with how everything has turned out. I think if I had it to do over again, I don't think I would do anything differently. And as I reflect, I've noted that my choices, the choices that my former self, you know, myself in the past, the choices she made has helped me. Eh, it's both helped and hindered my current self. But, <laughs> but with those lessons, I'm seeking to do better by my future self and find ways to help her live her best life. And that's what we're going to explore today, how to be our own guru, how to keep the best interest of our future self in mind, so that when we do get there, we'll look back and say, oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Two, three, four. Stop! 
Why did you come all this way to find the wisdom that's already in your mind? But I said you should know you're the wise guru. He said, spell that. Gee, you are you. And you know what that means? That means you, you, you are your own guru. Who, who can't tell you what to do? Do, do, it's all inside you. Because you, you, you are your own guru. Who, who can't tell you what to do? Buddy, I said I came a long way, and I paid a lot of money, and really, come on, that's all you got to say. I'll tell you more, he said, but it's really all the same. Change in the world really is an inside game. Get your mind right, your heart always open, see the beauty inside, you are not broken. Answers are there before the question is asked. Learn that little bit of truth that life will be a blast. Because you, you, you are your own guru. Who, who can't tell you what to do? Do, do, it's all inside you. Because you, you, you are your own guru. Who, who can't tell you what to do? and holy words from A Course in Miracles, Lesson 135. Your present trust in God is the fence which promises a future undisturbed, without a trace of sorrow, and with joy which constantly increases. As this life becomes a holy instant, set in time but heeding only immortality, let no defenses but your present trust direct the future, and this life becomes a meaningful encounter with the truth that only your defenses would conceal. Without defenses, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges to be its own. And it will lead you on in its ways appointed for your happiness according to the ancient plan begun when time was born. Your followers will join their light with yours and it will be increased until the world is lighted up with joy. And gladly will our holy siblings lay aside their cumbersome defenses which availed them nothing and could only terrify. From Buddhist nun and author Pema Chodron. 
Are these times going to bring out the best in us or the worst in us? And the future depends really on the answer to that question. Do we become more afraid, more fundamentalist, more feeling we have to put up walls and barriers? These times have enormous potential to uncover our innate strengths, our innate fearlessness, our innate compassion. Let us just start simple and say to the degree that I become conscious of what I'm doing with heart, to that degree, I am sowing seeds for a good future on this planet instead of sowing seeds of disharmony and polarization. So what is the future? What is next year? What is 10 years from now? What is 100 years from now? It always really depends on how we, in the present time, are working with our minds and with our hearts. And from A Course in Miracles teacher, Sarah Humert, while we see, while we seem to be in this world, there are plans to be made. What can make them, we can make them with the ego or the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us that just because a healed mind does not plan, it does not mean a healed mind does not follow a plan. We are here to practice learning how to follow the Holy Spirit's plan of forgiveness. Through mind watching and releasing our misperceptions to the Holy Spirit, our minds are being cleared of the obstacles to love. This allows us to listen more clearly to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and follow God's plan in everything we do. Breathe deeply. <sighs> There's an old joke that goes, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> when I look back on life, I have to laugh at all of the plans I have made. I don't know about any of you, but this was not my plan. Not my plan at all. My plan was to become a rock star or a best-selling author or a world-renowned speaker and teacher. And I've had a modicum of success in all of those areas, but my ego tells me I'm a failure because none of those things have made me rich and or famous. Some have made me infamous. <laughs> in part of Lesson 135 from A Course in Miracles that we didn't read this morning, it states... A healed mind does not plan. My ego squints at that and then just gets all up in arms. I mean, of course, planning, come on. That is the ego's bread and butter. It always has a plan for something. There's plan A, there's plan B, all the way over to plan Z. Our minds are planning machines. And I love planning because I do not like spontaneity. There must be a plan and I need to know what it is. A course says, though, that our egoic planning is really just another form of defense against love because it's the best way for the ego to take us right out of the present moment, which is where the possibility to awaken actually resides. In fact, all of our planning is us trying to defend ourselves against the holy because we truly believe that if we fully embraced our spirituality, God would ask us to give up something that we love in this world possibly everything we love about this world. So we believe that if we surrender to God's love and become nothing but the embodiment of that holy love in this world, we'd lose everything and then we would drown ourselves in toxic positivity. We would be like that meme on Facebook, you know, the little cartoon dog that's sitting in the burning room declaring everything is fine. Everything's, everything's just great. So what are we to do then if we're not supposed to be planning 
And how will we prepare for the future if we can't plan? Well, this, friends, is where the ideas, the two ideas that people balk at all the time in spirituality, this is where these two ideas come in. Faith and surrender. We don't like either of them, really. (laughs) Our self-directed plans, as a course calls them, will always fail to satisfy us because, of course, they're totally based on the past. We plan for the future to avoid past difficulties, past pain, past mistakes, wrong turns. Since we begin our planning with past missteps in mind, what we create is a future that looks a lot like the past, since it contains all those former elements we were trying to avoid. So a course begin, it invites us to just begin where we are in this present moment. And instead of using the past to plan the future, we get present here now, and then we ask for guidance. A course in Lesson 71 provides three questions that can help us do this. And the questions are, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say and to whom? If we're willing to rely on these three questions, whenever the urge to plan wells up within us, we're guaranteed to feel guided in some way to do something or not do something, as the case may be. Whatever we are guided to do, then, will not be based on past fears or concerns, but instead rooted in the present moment, where all that lives here in this present moment is love. And if we can begin to ask Holy Spirit, for guidance in every moment of our lives, we will be doing our future selves a great favor because we will eventually create a happy dream, a reality that is much more conducive to awakening than our past selves would have had. So when I think back on my past, I can see where I've had these moments of clarity about the futility of planning my future based on the egoic past. It is in those moments when I followed a higher divine plan instead of my ego's plans that I can see how that past version of me helped the current me live a happier, less angry, and more deeply spiritual life. So my past self, for example, realized that I could not be happy in the future until I could find forgiveness for my father and let go of an angry way of living, this way that I had had lived for decades after my parents' divorce. So my past self was wise enough in that moment back then to follow this urge to forgive. And so in the past, my past self sought therapy, spiritual guidance. It, It sought out teachers to learn how to not just forgive, but to become the embodiment of forgiveness for my father. And it is thanks to my past self and her wisdom in surrendering to spiritual guidance and having faith that it was the right path that has shaped my current reality. And I'm grateful. And I'm sure if you reflect on your own past, you'd find ways, you could be able to see ways that your past self followed divine guidance, whether consciously or not, and has helped to create a better life that you may be experiencing right now. So if we're not supposed to plan, though, how can we, in this present moment, 
help our future selves become their best possible versions, perhaps even an enlightened or awakened being somewhere in the future, right? <laughs> Research from psychologist Hal Hirschfield shows that when we stop to consider our future selves, we often see that future self as a stranger. When asked to talk about a future birthday party, research subjects would refer to themselves in the third person as if that future self was actually someone else. I mean, we haven't met our future selves, so I mean, that stands to reason, right? That's somebody we don't really know yet. So the key to the research was this. Not only do we see our future self as other, we see that future self as an actual stranger. We don't know them, so we don't know what they're like or what they will be like. So Hirschfield says, if we want to make a positive change for our future self, we have to see our future self not as a stranger, but as a friend, someone that we care very deeply about. This way, we're putting love first instead of fear. So we're acting out of love for that future self instead of being afraid of what that person might be because they're a stranger. We don't know. As a course teacher, uh, Sarah Humert says, while we seem to be in this world, there are plans to be made. So there are plans to be made, but the choice is <laughs> we make them with the ego or the Holy Spirit. And that's the crucial difference. Which plan are we following? Are we following the ego's seek but do not find plans that see our future selves as a stranger? Or are we following the Holy Spirit's plans that see our future self as beloved? Lesson 135 tells us that we can't imagine the happiness that we will encounter that comes to us without our planning for it. We just can't see it. And I can say from my own experience that for the past 13 years or so, for the most part, I have not egoically planned my future. I have allowed a lot of my life to just simply unfold. And I have been guided to jobs, to people, to places, to teachers, to resources, and an awful lot of joys and challenges just by saying to myself, I allow life to unfold. Let's say that together. I allow life to to unfold in this moment, in this moment. I'm on the brink of a new kind of unfolding. I realize that my decision to retire from Jubilee Circle has left a lot of folks wondering about the future, the future of this place, the future of your own spiritual walk. And I'm optimistic about all of it because I see my future self as beloved. And I see your future selves as beloved. And here's the key, I think, as we all move forward. Since there's only one of us here, when I see my future as beloved, and I want the very best for myself, I'm really looking lovingly at the future selves of all of you, of everyone. One of the things I love about a course is that it is not small s self-centered. It is capital S self-centered. A course teaches the opposite of what so many religious systems teach. For example, in my Southern Baptist upbringing, I was taught that we are all sinners. 
And because we are all sinners, then we should be loving and forgiving to everyone else. Because when I see others acting in ways that hurt or damage the world or others around us, I say to myself, well, I can give them grace because I'm just like them, a miserable sinner who fails at this love thing a lot. And religion wants us to take comfort in that. <laughs> You're bad, so I'm bad. All right. A course turns that upside down and inside out. It tells us that when we look out here and see all these seemingly separate bodies, we are to see them not as fellow sinners, but as we all truly are originally blessed by the love that created us as beautiful and whole and innocent. And when we can look out onto the world through those eyes of love and we see someone who is acting in an unloving manner, that is when we say to ourselves, this is not who they truly are. They are beloved. They are innocent. They are perfect. They are whole. They are children of God who are lost in an egoic fog. I can give them grace because I am just like them, a beloved creation that has never left the mind of God who simply needs to remember this truth and awaken. To help them and myself, I will remember their innocence for them. And in that remembering, I remember it for me too. Do you see how this kind of thinking really is the best tool that we have in this present moment to create a future that makes it possible for us all to awaken? Buddhist teacher Pema Chodron says we create the best future for all of us by becoming mindful of this moment and say to the degree that I become conscious of what I'm doing with my heart, to that degree I am sowing seeds of good fortune of good future on this planet instead of sowing seeds of disharmony and polarization to create a future in which we can all awaken from a happy dream we must as a course says trust this present moment and seek its guidance so we can sow seeds of good fortune instead of disharmony your present trust in god this lesson says is the defense which promises a future undisturbed without a trace of sorrow and with joy which constantly increases as this life becomes a holy instant, set in time but heeding only immortality. Let no defenses but your present trust direct the future and this life becomes a meaningful encounter with the truth that only your defenses would conceal. Without defenses, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges to be its own. Breathe deeply. But I hear you. I hear you saying, yeah, that's great, preacher, but uh, yeah, I'm a light of heaven. Wonderful. But I got to plan my vacation. I got to go grocery shopping. I got to make a list. I got to figure out which job to apply for, how to find a mate. Plans must be made. As Sarah Humert writes, though, when we seek the Holy's guidance for our future, it doesn't mean, she says, that we don't stop buying insurance, locking our doors, putting on our seatbelts, taking our vitamins, taking medicine when we're sick, enjoying our comforts, and engaging in planning. That would just be changing our behavior while we continue to believe that planning is what keeps us safe. The idea, she writes, is to shift the content of the mind from guilt and fear rather than change things in form, which will not result in a change of the mind. 
So how do you make that shift? To go from a mind of guilt and fear to a mind of love. There are three questions. That's how you do it. What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say and to whom? These three questions are what helps us to surrender and have faith that Spirit's guidance is always available if we can just shift out of the mind of guilt and fear and into our right mind, which is always loving and always free of anxiety. When we think of these questions, perhaps we believe we only need to ask them about maybe big decisions, something life-changing, right? So I got a big decision. I'll ask these three questions. Oh, I just got to decide dinner. That's not important. But I'll tell you, in reality, all of our decisions are big. They're all potentially life-changing. A decision as simple as going to the store could result in many things. You could meet somebody who needs to feel love from you. You could make a connection that might advance your vocation or something else in your life. You, it could even just set you on a completely different course in life from a chance encounter or an event. Every decision is a big decision. I'm not saying that our lives are already planned out for us by God. We have free will. We're always, always free to choose the ego, seek but do not find plan for the future. God allows that. Go, go for it. You can try. The course itself says you can try all the myriad ways. You can try all the million ways until you realize Spirit's way is the only way. Each present moment contains the wisdom we need to awaken, but we're busy making plans with our ego, and we miss out on yet another chance to awaken, yet another chance to give a miracle, to receive a miracle. So in every moment, we have a choice. We can bring the past into this present moment and create a future just like the past, or we can ask these three questions and listen deeply to the divine wisdom that inhabits us. And we can create a future that will lead us to awaken in joy and peace and love and compassion. It's just a matter of which teacher you're going to choose in the moment. Are you asking ego or are you asking spirit? Asking these three questions, even about dinner, what tasks should I do next? It can take us down a divine path where we find synchronicities and deeper connections and, of course, miracles. Asking for guidance, though, about every little thing seems a bit cumbersome, right? <laughs> but in reality, not planning out every step we want to take and instead trusting spirit to guide us actually saves you a lot of time. According to A Course in Miracles, the Holy Spirit wants us to be able to spend all of our time in service of miracles. And we can't do that if we have to plan everything from dinner to where we want to be in five years. There's a story about Helen Schuckman, who is the woman who scribed uh, Course in Miracles. And she learned this lesson about asking for guidance on seemingly mundane things. She needed a winter coat. And the guidance that she asked, or the guidance that she heard from Spirit, was to go to this particular store. And Helen didn't like that particular store because she felt like the quality of the clothing was, was poor. She didn't really care for that store. However, 
when she gave up her resistance to going to that store, she found the perfect coat. I had a similar experience when one of our cars was totaled after lightning hit it out here in Jubilee's parking lot and almost killed Lee. <laughs> that was a crazy time. Beth and I had decided on the car we wanted, and she was out of town for a, a business trip, and I had this overwhelming urge to go to the dealership and just see what they had. It's the shortest time I have ever spent in a car dealership. I walked on the lot. There it was. I drove it. I bought it. It was great. Jesus helped us buy a car. It was And yeah, it was fast. I'm like, I like it. I'll buy it. If we ask for guidance in even the seemingly mundane tasks, we'll be led to the places we need to be, the people we need to meet, the actions we need to take. If we do this on the regular, we'll be setting up our future selves for a more peace-filled, enjoyable, and loving life. I remind you that the key to creating a blissful future life for yourself, according to both research and the course, is to see your future self through that lens of love. Also, you have to realize that the vision of your future self, enjoying a life of loving and being loved, is the vision that you hold for all of us since there's only one of us here. So the question becomes, the one which Pema Chodron points out, in every moment, are you being mindful of whether you're sowing seeds for a good future on this planet, or are you sowing seeds of disharmony and polarization? In every moment. And this is also a really good question when you're doom scrolling through social media. <laughs> What actions will you take there? The words you say, the posts you make, even the thoughts you think while you're, you're scrolling, those sow the seeds, either for a good future or for dis more disharmony and polarization. So here's the real truth of the matter, though, jubilance. Time is an illusion. There really is no future self any more than there is a past self. The truth about each of us is that we are already awakened. We are already enlightened beings. We're already at home. We are already in unity with the love that created us. We're here in this bodily world because we've forgotten that. And our ego keeps pointing to all these seemingly tangible things that keep us convinced that this is the real world. And this is how we keep getting duped into making ego-based seek-but-do-not-find plans. We break this cycle, though, by remembering who we are. We are just like everyone else we perceive as bodies. We are all beloved, all originally blessed children of God who forgot to laugh at the tiny mad idea of separation. And when you can remember that, or at least you can have an inkling of that, we see this world for what it is. This is our classroom for awakening. We perceive, while we're in these bodies, we perceive time as linear. So we think in terms of past and present and future. And that means that we can perceive a better future for ourselves, but only if we will not allow the past anywhere near this present moment. From that place of love, in this present moment, the only place that eternity is available to us if we follow the Spirit's plan. 
it will lead to an amazing future life. If we ask for guidance for even the smallest decisions, the future we all want, the future everyone in this room, everyone watching, everyone not watching, but everyone joined in one mind, the future we all want is one of peace. It's one of love, of joy, safety, security. But here's the good news. We already have all of that. It's within us. And it's within everyone we meet, no matter how they are acting in the world. We're all calling for this future. We all want a happy future self. Because we are all longing to reawaken to the truth of our unity. To get there, though, it requires, it requires that we surrender to this present moment. And we have faith that we will be guided to a future that is more harmonious and without fear or guilt. And we can only create a future based on what we can create in this moment. Ultimately, this is how we help our future self. We practice peace in this moment. We practice love in this moment. We practice joy in this moment. We practice compassion in this moment. We practice forgiveness and relationship in this moment. And we do it all without allowing the past to intrude. And as we begin to embody the peace and the love and the joy that we seek, we allow life to unfold for us. And we let go of all the ego's meaningless and dead-end plans. And jubilance, if we can do this just for one moment, you're going to find out why God laughs so hard when we tell him our plans. And in that moment, you will remember to laugh. And then you will say, oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week. And until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, oh yeah. Yeah.